Hello, and welcome to Astrology Today, your regular look at the planetary movements and how astrology may affect and hopefully improve your life. Hi there, I'm Norma Lachance. I'm your host. I'm a life coach, a mathematician, and an inspired astrologer. And you've joined me for the monthly mailbag, your opportunity to ask an astrologer whatever is on your mind. Well, welcome to the February mailbag. This is my second time doing this. It's a kind of a new monthly uh, bonus pod that I'm doing uh, just to answer those questions that are burning on the minds of my listeners. So I've got a couple of great questions today and uh, two questions and I'm going to uh, try and, you know, a little dive a little bit deeper into each one of them. And they're really questions that a lot of people ask. So I, I think it's going to be really interesting for everybody. So the first question comes to us from Samantha, who is a new moon uh, regular, loves to come to the new moon uh, uh, session that we have over Zoom. Anyway, so I'm going to read Samantha's uh, reading or her question rather. Here it is. My question isn't necessarily about my February pattern, but I am curious about my Saturn return. You spoke about during the last new moon meeting. I did a bit of reading just so I can get an understanding about it. And what and from what I read, it's supposed to be a major transition in my life, question mark. It makes me a little nervous, but also excited because I've been feeling completely different, especially this year, my 28th birthday. I guess I am curious if there is anything I should be expecting or if you have any tips for this part of my life. If a Saturn return should be something I should prepare for, haha, any insight on my chart would be amazing. Well, Samantha, that is just a fantastic question. And yes, Saturn return is something that, you know, everyone experiences in one form or another. Let's just talk about what the term Saturn return means. A return, a planetary return in general means that the planet has returned to wherever, whatever position it was in when you were born. So a Saturn return uh, takes about 29 years. It's 29 year orbit for Saturn to make its all, way all the way around. And so here it is in this late 20s period when uh, people uh, may experience uh, this Saturn return, anywhere from between you know 28 and 30 years old. Kind of depends on what sign your Saturn is in. Now, most people have two Saturn returns. You can do the math. That's, you know, one at about 29 years old and another one at around 58. Some people even have three if they're, you know, they get uh, old enough that they could have three uh, times that uh, Saturn will come around. The first one, of course, is in your late 20s. And my general term for a Saturn return is, quote unquote, adulting. This idea that, um, yeah, that it's, it's kind of adulting, descent, you know, being an adult or separation or individuation uh, kind of descends upon you. Let's break it down a little bit. So Saturn, what does Saturn represent? What does it rule? Well, it's around seriousness, reality, time, uh, discipline, authority. Saturn tends to put limits and boundaries on other planets that it comes into contact with. So there's, you know, concepts of restriction, uh, you know, can tend to be about conservatism. I mean, small c conservatism and definitely boundaries. And so it's this feeling of reality kind of descending upon you. Now, you know, a lot of times, you know, especially I get listeners that are just like, is this going to be a good thing or is this going to be a bad thing? And I don't really like to associate things being good or bad. They just 
are. And, uh, you know, the idea that Saturn is bringing reality into your life, it just means it's part of the maturation uh, process. There's a great author that I want to quote here. Uh, I think it's a great explanation of this first Saturn return. And it's Erin Sullivan. I'm looking at her book right now, Saturn in Transit, Boundaries of Mind, Body and Soul. And I'm going to put the link of her book in the program notes if you want to you know, dig deep, dive into that a bit more. But here's just, you know, a snapshot from her point of view uh, from her book. This is the first and therefore precedent setting crisis in adult life. How a young adult separates his or her characteristics from the mass characteristic is one of the most critical aspects of the last two years before the Saturn return. The pressure that is felt in this phase is acute and intense, and the need to, quote, get it together is now arising from within. It is not just socially or parentally imposed. The deep inner urge to find oneself is consistent through all class structures. And so, I won't lie, that sounds a bit ominous, but I guess the way I look at it is if you've been, you know, spending your 20s kind of getting ready, for a lot of us that might be some post-secondary sorts of education, you know, preparing yourself, then the Saturn return may be just, yeah, part of the process. You know, I should point out that uh, Saturn, yeah, Saturn return may have one, three or five hits based on whether or not it goes retrograde, which means it may pass over your return position and then go retrograde and go back for a second time and then turn direct and go past a third time. That could actually happen again. And so that's why it's one, three or five times. Now, You know, so that means that the Saturn return process can take a while. It could take up to a year, maybe 18 months before you're fully through. And so it's not just a a quick fix here, just it's it's a process. And uh, I feel like that, you know, in preparing for your Saturn return, are you kind of getting your ducks in a row? This is not a panic time, but it is a time to perhaps get a bit more serious about your life, to consider, you know, some of the boundaries and limits that you want to put on yourself. Maybe you've been, you know, fancy free in your 20s and it's time to kind of uh, put the clamp down and get a little bit serious to get on with, you know, what's important to you in your life. All right. Well, let's just dig a little bit into Samantha's chart a bit and talk specifically about her Saturn return. So she has Saturn in Pisces in the third house. And for all you uh, armchair astrologers or actual astrologers, also Saturn rules her second and third house. So I just thought I'd give you the deets. So, you know, I should point out that, you know, having a look at her particular Saturn return, it's going to be one hit, which means it's just going to pass by and carry on. Now that could mean a lot of things. It could mean that, you know, it's going to be maybe intense because it's just one hit, but it could also mean that it might just be a blip on the radar and it just carries on. I should also point out that the exactness of that return is not going to happen until next year. So it's really great that Samantha is thinking about it now because she can better prepare for it, which let's face it, Saturn is all about preparing. (laughs) So, you know, by having Saturn in Pisces, they're kind of 
I wouldn't say that they work against each other, but Saturn again is about structure and boundaries and and Pisces is all about blending and flowing and just overflowing of all this water and you know this mutability and and flexibility. Having it in the 3rd house, you know, and having her Saturn return might invite her to be a bit more structured in her thinking. 3rd house can be about the mind and, you know, learning. It's really about early school learning, but it could be about, you know, her mind and thoughts and ideas that she may be having. It can also be about, you know, creating some structure or some boundaries with siblings. Third house is also represents siblings. Now, by having Saturn rule her second and third house, I'm wondering about, you know, her, perhaps her career or, you know, the money, the income that she's earning. And so this year in preparing for this Saturn return could be about getting her money organized, getting her whatever revenue or income that she brings into the house organized could also have to do with getting clearer on her values because the second house can also represent not just your valuables, but also what you hold dear and value of a value. And that's also significant for Sam because she also has this conjunction between Venus and Saturn in her chart. And so that could really bring up, um, you know, how she relates to other people. Again, this could have something to do with siblings, but it also could have something to do with her own values and her own, you know, how she values herself. In other words, her self-esteem. All right. Well, the next question I have is from uh, one of my listeners, D, and I actually see D on a regular basis. So we were actually chatting, and uh, she gave me this question for the mailbag. So I hope I get this right, D. And she was talking about this question of you know that astrology is based on planetary movements and planetary influences, and that maybe on a year-to-year basis she was wondering, are they not kind of always in the same position each year? Or is it specific or different every single year? And of course, the quest, the answer to that question is, it depends. <laughs> okay, maybe a gray area. So I'm just going to back up a little bit and just talk generally a little, I'm going to hit you guys with a bit of astronomy as opposed to astrology. So bear with me. So any chart that is uh, created, any natal chart that is created is always from the point of view of the observer, somebody on earth. And we call that geocentric, geo representing earth and centric. I think you can figure out what that means. And so it's always from the point of view of uh, those of us on earth. And if you think about it historically, 2000 years ago, you know, the guy in the in the field with his uh, sheep looking up at the sky, you can understand why it was like that. Now, Several years after that, or a millennia, Copernicus came along and told us, hey, by the way, we are not the center of the universe. Who knew? And so it's actually uh, heliocentric, meaning the sun is the center of the of the universe, or our particular corner of it anyways. But astrologers still understand that, uh, you know, it is based on our perception and our observations from where we are on Earth. And so we continue with a geocentric viewpoint of natal charts. All right, all that to say that when we look up in the sky planets are moving at a variety of speeds. And that's why some planets go retrograde 
and some don't. Well, the two planets that don't go retrograde are the sun and the moon. But planets that move retrograde, it's because from our vantage point on Earth, they appear, I'm using my air quotes that you can't see, to move backwards. And this is this retrograde energy that is encompassed when planets are at retrograde. Now, I did write down a list of the planets in order of their varying speeds. And so based on, you know, each of these planets, it depends on their relationship with each other. So for example, fastest moving planet out there, you say, hear me say this all the time, the moon. After that, it's Mercury, Venus, the sun, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Chiron, Uranus, Neptune, and then finally Pluto, the slowest of all of them. So that is the order in which they move from fastest to slowest. And so, yes, the combinations between the two, remember I talk about aspects all the time and how maybe they're opposite each other, maybe they're at 90 degrees to each other, that they, it will be different every year because the sun is moving perhaps and Venus is moving. And so they're going to be in different relationships each year. So I did take Venus and sun as an example. And as, as a specific example, Venus is never more than 48 degrees away from the sun. So there's only a certain number of aspects or particular connections that are even possible. One is a conjunction when they're at exactly the same spot. One is a semi-sextile, which is 30 degrees apart. And one is a semi-square in which they're 45 degrees apart. Okay, that's a lot of math and a lot of details. So I hope that answers Dee's question that yes, uh, these connections do repeat in terms of their angular position, but they are in different parts of uh, your chart. They're in different houses and they are in different signs and so they will act differently over time. That is your mailbag for February. I hope you got something out of that. Those were both really great questions. I hope it's piqued your interest in astrology and perhaps you'll send me your questions for the March mailbag, which will be done at the end of March, obviously. So if you do have a question, please send that to my uh, my email, obviously, astrologydiva, that's D-V-A, at gmail.com. Maybe put March mailbag in the uh, title line there so I know that it's for the March mailbag. All right. I hope you have a fantastic day and I look forward to speaking to you again very soon.